Hey, bitches. I'm Jono. And I'm Dominic. And this, this is Jabber. Welcome to Jabber. I'm with my co-host, Jono Madison. Hey, bitches. And we have a very special guest today, the Bare Naked Chef, Adrian. Hey. Everybody. Welcome. So um, I know Adrian because I slipped into his DMs on Instagram. Like you normally do. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> normally do. I Lucky try me. not to because I don't need a reputation. <laughs> and uh, no, I was very flattered. I think some of the appeal about you is just because you're a bear. I feel like, right? I mean, if you Definitely. were just a normal guy. I don't know maybe. about that because like when you Google the definition of a bear, it says a bear is often a larger or obese, hairier man who projects the image <laughs> of rugged masculinity. I don't see that with you though. Like I think you're pretty fit. Um, I think yeah. the the sort of definition of bear in the gay community has changed over the years because I think years ago, yes, that's sort of what it was and that's how people of that description identified with themselves. Mm. But quite honest with you, I mean, do you, I know a lot of bears of that description that don't sort of emit the sort of penultimate masculinity. I mean, it's not really about that. It's all about the visual, right? So. I guess the the sort of the prompts of the, the hair and you know this this sort of beard and that kind of stuff, it kind of puts you into a category, you know, the same way that somebody who's hairless gets put into a category, the same way that somebody is, you know, it's we, we do that in our community. But um, you know, the definition's definitely sort of expanded. I think there's, you know, subcategories within that category and uh, yeah, you know, it's like a, muscle it's, bear, cub. Right. Otter like, bear, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But like, what would you categorize yourself? Because I know a few grizzly bears, but what would you consider yourself to be? Like a <gasps> I mean, bear? you know, I, I don't want to put myself in a muscle bear category or a bear bear category. You know, I I, I work out. I'm not obsessed with my body. I don't need a six pack. I, I, I'm obsessed with your body. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, you know? And that's, it's sort of, you know, it ties in with what I do and, you know, the, the way that I live my life and the food that I eat, the food that I cook, and it's about living life, enjoying good food, healthy food, eating the things you want, and not have to be obsessed about, you know, sort of fitting into this category of needing, you know, a 28-inch waist and, you know, having, you know, a 12-pack and, you know, which it, that is definitely a, you know, a look that is appealing but it's, it's also not necessarily realistic for a lot of people. And I think that I tend to be a little bit more accessible to people that aren't sort of maybe not striving for that themselves. Mm. But have you ever had like issues with your body or the way you look or feel? Oh, ever? absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I overcame it finally. I mean, I've been, you know, physically active and into fitness and, weightlifting and all that stuff since I was in my, tw in my 20s. But I really oh my didn't sort of learn to love myself the way that I was um, till I started doing Bare Naked Chef. And that was actually one of the impetuses of me doing this project was just but 
honestly, I would have never guessed that because you're so free and, you know, your pictures online and everything. I, I would just assume that you are and have always embraced yourself, you know? Um, yes, to a certain degree, but I don't think that I really believed it until I hit my late thirties when I, wow. um, and then, you know, when, when Veronica Jeff sort of launched and I was promoting through social media and obviously getting a lot of attention for the way that I looked, it definitely boosted my confidence even more, which can be dangerous. I mean, as we all know, it's like, you know, you post something and then you get trolled by somebody and you start, you know, you focus on that and then you don't focus on positivity. Um, so social media can be a dangerous territory, I think, for boosting one's self-esteem, but, you know, it definitely helped me sort of solidify that I arrived at a point in my life where I was comfortable with what I saw in the mirror. So um, my question is, maybe you can help answer this all to all of us together. Um, like, what is the attraction to like hairy, rugged, masculine? Like, what is it? Because I'm more attracted to the hairier types than like the smoother types. So why can that alone just be a driving force? Um, this is, I'm going to sort of probably delve into something a little Freudian. Um, I mean, look at our fathers, you know, my dad was hairy. He never shaved. He never trimmed. He never plucked, you know, he was completely natural. And you grow up with those role models and that's sort of how you identify masculinity be right. Right. Um, and I think a lot of us, even if we don't sort of subscribe to that, we look at that and we tend to be attracted to it. I wouldn't say everybody. Some people are attracted to, you know, you know, everybody has their thing. But I think that the whole phenomenon of this sort of naturally hairy um, dad bod, you know, uh, male has sort of come into play at a specific time where, where we've kind of come full circle. And, you know, if you look at, what the aesthetic was, you know, in the late nineties, early two thousands, even through the two thousands, it was very manicured. It was very, um, you know, the, the sort of metrosexual look. And then the heteros sort of males sort of took on that, uh, look and persona as well. And I think that the gays always like to be ahead of the curve. So we were like, Hey, we fucked up. We, you just, you know, sort of co-opt up from us. So, we're going to go back to the sort of extreme masculinity. And that's sort of, I think, how that, that look came about. Jono, what do you feel about that? Hairy versus smooth? Or, like, what's your preference? How do you feel about the whole thing? I like all of it. I like it all, too. I love yeah. I mean, I love looking at smooth. I mean, I love looking. I love smooth guys. I love hairy guys. It's really all about how, I think, for me, how somebody carries themselves. Their energy, their you know, are they are they a positive person? Are they um, you know, sort of is it is it good energy to be around? Are they confident? Um, I love it all. I don't honestly, you know, I don't um, discriminate. Right, Adrian, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm a Gemini. I like walks on the beach. <laughs> like about like your profession, education. Of course. Yeah. Um, I don't know how far back you want to go, but I'll give you the, the, the short 
sweet, short and sweet version. Um, so I was born in Toronto, Canada. I grew up there for 20, 18 years before my parents moved to the States. I got my green card. I moved to uh, just outside of New York City where they were living. And then I eventually a year later moved into New York City when I could afford an apartment on my own. Um, and then I lived there for almost 16, 15 years. I, um, when I first moved there, I got into the, the food uh, business, the restaurant business, and I worked uh, for a really fun, cool restaurant in East Village for a couple of years. Um, and I worked at Cafeteria, which was like a lot of fun. That was like- I've been there. Food. Yeah, it was like, yeah. you know, back, at, back in the day, it was like the, the spot for celebrities. So for me- And Amanda, been... Amanda's on, Amanda Lepore is on the menu, right? Uh-huh, for picture. yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it was sort of like a, a New York literati late night spot. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I worked the overnights. I worked from like midnight till eight, eight in the morning, mm. which was crazy. I don't know, I completely messed up my, my clock, but it was so much fun because I, I got to, you know, see Alicia Keys and Mariah Carey and Puff Daddy, you know, and they were all cool back then. Um, and... So yeah, I was like, I was 23 and I moved to New York and I was sort of in that, uh, I was post 9-11, unfortunately, but, um, you know, I, as time went on, it was just like, this is life and you got to make the most of it. And so I just kind of uh, did what I could there. And then I made the choice to leave the food industry because of the hours and just, just the tiresome work and you really, um, Kind of grinded to the bone so i my family had been in the hair business and the restaurant business and i had always had a love for hairdressing so <clears throat> i went to cosmetology school got my hair my license worked for a salon in chelsea for four years worked my way up the ranks um <clears throat> loved it and then um decided to approach my family about a co-owning a hair salon and opening the hair salon in New York, which was exciting and thrilling and scary at the same time. And so we did that, but it was like right as the recession was mm. kicking in in 2008. So it was like we had invested all this money in this beautiful space and, um, you know, we were getting praise in Vogue and Elle and Harper's Bazaar. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh shit, like the economy is crumbling so uh that was a really <laughs> big test of my uh perseverance i think and, and sort of we made it through we, we ended up you know sort of overcoming that obstacle but it was a uh, fuck it it killed me <laughs> yeah. and so anyhow um i got burnt out in that business and owning a salon will do that to you so I left New York when we sold the salon and I decided to move to LA and start a catering company. And then um, with a girlfriend of mine and we were sort of building that business. And in the interim, I had always, you know, had this idea that I want to do a cooking show, but like to cater it to the LGBTQ community because there really, really weren't any, there wasn't any visibility in that space. Mm -hmm. um, and then, um, I was like, well, you know, I was sort of working really hard in the gym and doing therapy and all this stuff. And like I said earlier, I kind of arrived at a point where I was like, I actually 
finally <laughs> like what I see in the mirror. And you know, it was obviously a lot of the internal work I was doing, therapeutic purity work, but um, and that's kind of how the concept of Bernadette got birthed. And I ran into a friend of mine who worked with me in the restaurant business in New York, who was now in film and TV production. And I said, you know, I have this crazy idea. I want to do this cooking show, but I want it to look like it could be on Food Network, but I want to do it naked. And he's like, oh my God, let, let me do it for you. I'm going to, I'm going to fucking produce it for you. I'll get the crew. I'll do everything. And he, like within 24 hours, he had a crew, wow. a location. I mean, it was just like, it was kismet and it kind of, um, it just all felt right at that point. And then That's I, so like, like true like how like when you want to manifest something you have your mindset to it and you know it's your passion and it just all comes together totally. all the right people totally. into the room all i mean randomly moving to la and like i mean of course being in la you you'd think it would sort of facilitate something like that because it's sort of the center of film and television but it was just like i mean running running into somebody i knew years ago in new york who used to work in you know as a gm at a restaurant and then all of a sudden now is in film it just yeah absolutely I completely agree and so it just again reinforced that this was the path I needed to be on and um, and that there was a, a niche for what I was doing mm -hmm. you know so that was I want to say five and a half years ago sweet wow how did you come up with the name bare naked chef I mean uh, well you know <laughs> it's pretty obvious yeah, you know, I mean, I kind a, of, a bear. I, I, you know, the Naked Chef, obviously, that name was taken by Jamie Oliver. Um, not that I, that was sort of what I wanted to use, but it didn't really, it sort of was vague for me. And I, I just, Bear Naked Chef, it was kind of a play on words. Yeah. Um, and it, it also, I, I, you know, it was sort of like a wink, wink to the gay community. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how it, how it came about. So what do you do? I mean, can you tell our listeners what is, what do you do under that title, Bare Naked Chef? You kind of went into it already, but. Um, um, well, actually you, I, I had it because it, it, it sort of blossomed, it blossomed into so many different things, which I didn't even okay. anticipate. Um, so, you know, when, when I released the video in like the Thanksgiving of 2016, I think it was, um, 2015, I can't remember. Yeah, um, it went viral, and then I started getting inundated with all these uh, production companies sort of soliciting me to like, you know, to pitch a show for them. But you know, a lot of these guys they just want to like get into your head and then steal your idea. So I didn't really entertain a lot of them. And then, like you were saying before, got out. Um, how things were sort of like manifesting, I kept being like, Madrid kept popping up. Uh, you know, I kept seeing, you know, people that were from there. I kept, uh, I'd never been before. I'd always wanted to go. It was a city I'd always wanted to go <clears throat> to. Uh, and I don't know, just something was pulling me there. And then all of a sudden I met somebody in LA randomly one weekend who was uh, from there and he was actually a documentarian. And he saw what I did and he's like, well, you should come to Madrid. And I was like, well, actually, I wanted to do a travel edition of my show. And I was sort of thinking about doing that, but I didn't know how. And he's like, well, come and I'll film it for you. And you can stay with me and whatever. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> it's just like way too easy. 
Um, so I went over there and then I did that series. <clears throat> and then while I was over there, I was getting like uh, emails to do like be on panels for like uh, like gay uh, beauty pageants and like, you know, guest uh, appearances here and there. So look, I didn't think that that was gonna happen. <clears throat> and then, um, and then I got started getting calls for um, to like be a tour guide on like food tours, food and wine tours in Europe. And then I got uh, reached out to a cooking school owner uh, who's gay, who I absolutely adore. He's so sweet in Rome, and they wanted me to do a gay week uh, cooking school there. Mm. So. It sort of took on this, like, it became like an octopus. It kind of had started growing all these arms. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it ended up, I ended up getting to do all the things I love to do, which I love to teach. I, you know, uh, I love, um, you know, traveling. I love, uh, you know, sort of showing up on a red carpet. No, I'm just kidding. I actually hate that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, so it did, it did sort of turn into all these little, little things and I, I, I stopped kind of trying to force the process and I just kind of let it happen on its own. And I've had so many like amazing, wonderful experiences. And then like a few years later, I got in contact with like a, another really famous, um, way, way more famous <laughs> chef uh, than me. And he's gay, but he wasn't really identified as a gay chef. His name's Chef Art Smith. He is, he was Oprah's personal chef for 10 years and he, he left and um, wrote a book and then opened up restaurants and so he's kind of a really big deal um, and he wanted to come on one of my cooking school experiences and unfortunately scheduling just didn't work out he wasn't able to come and so he's like I'm building a restaurant in Grand Central Station New York you have to come let's meet we'll go for a drink and we like within 15 minutes became best friends and um, from that again more doors open he invited me on like you know he first thing he had me come do he's like come cook um i'm doing angela bassett's birthday 60th birthday party you should come and cook and you'll, you'll have your own booth and you'll you know you'll be cooking there for the guests i was like holy shit yeah <laughs> sign me up um and then from there there it was you know couple of other gigs like that. Uh, I got to cook at the James Beard Foundation in New York um, at a called Cheers for Queers. <clears throat> okay, which if you don't know what James Beard is, it's sort of like the, it's sort of like the Golden Globes of food. Like if you, if you cook there, you're kind of like, you're, you're recognized as being legit. <clears throat> um, oh wow. Yeah, and so it was a huge honor and and then, as I, when I didn't think you could get any better, Art asked me if I would come cook on Michelle Obama's book tour. First. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah. So great. It was like he got the invitation, and then two weeks later we were on the road, like traveling every meeting. I have a question. Sure. Are you doing all this naked? No. <laughs> Well, you know, this is this is the thing. It's like, you know, when I get hired for these jobs, I kind of have to like think, do they know what I do? Like, have they seen my Instagram? Yeah. Um, and it's funny because, you know, working for the former first lady, 
you know, her chief of staff, they do all their due diligence and they're yes. going to go through and scour every single, you know, they'll go back in the Wayback Machine and look at every single thing you ever posted or wrote on the internet. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, fuck, I'm doomed. Like, they're oh, never, never going to hire me. Um, and then they didn't say a word. And I, I was like, oh, you know what? They're like really cool people and really free and liberal. I, I doubt that that would be something that they would be concerned about. Um, yeah. But what they, I actually, they, <laughs> what did they, I think they, they mentioned something to him about a post that I posted on my Twitter that I had deleted. But um, anyhow, it was, it wasn't even, it was like political or something. I don't even know. Mm -hmm. um, but anyhow, the funny thing was Michelle Obama's wife came up to a wife, excuse me, <laughs> mother, <laughs> mother came up to um, me and Art at the last engagement in Nashville and said, weren't you on the Real Housewives? I saw your, your naked ass in the air. She goes, I love that show. I was like, oh my God, like, I guess really they are not that uptight. Like they're really laid back yeah. and cool. That's so. actually something I wanted to talk to you about because I love the show. Beverly Hills is my favorite, um, but mm. New York is my second favorite. And what about Erica Jane? Ugh. I don't like her. I don't like her. I know. Do you, do you hear what's going on? We'll talk about that later. <clears throat> With the divorce? Yeah, but apparently it's like a fake divorce. It's a fake divorce. Yeah. It's a fake divorce. So he, he doesn't, because he's getting all his money taken from him because he like did some fraudulent. Yeah. Some I did about that. So they decided they were allegedly, allegedly that they're going to divorce. He's going to give her all the money. So he's, they don't, he doesn't get a ticket from them. And it's yeah, but like, how are they ever going to be together again? You know, it's like, well, you put a piece of paper, you know, sneak around, I guess. I guess all yeah. that money is more important than, yeah. But. but so with the show, how, like, how, what was the experience for the women fighting? I didn't see that episode. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that that's sort of like part and parcel with the, those episodes and the producers <laughs> incite that uh, because that makes good TV, right? But, um, you know, at first I got there, they were sauced already kind of when I got there. Um, when we got there, we were, we were, then we were like, you know, basically we had to wait in the parking lot and then they gave us like the go ahead to park and, um, and come in. And then they're like, okay, you have two and a half hours to cook a five course meal. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> Luckily Art was there and my, I, I brought my cousin um, as well, who's an amazing chef. And so we, we definitely pulled it off. But you know, as we're cooking and you're trying to like, you know, you've got these time constraints, they're coming in. And they're yeah. like, you know, spilling their, you know, glasses of Chardonnay all over, you know, while they're trying to like interact with you and you're trying to be friendly and, and you know, engaging and fun. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, you, whatever, you make, you, you make the best of it and you make it work. And, and fortunately everything came out um, beautifully and they love the food. But yeah, progressively as the night went on, like by the second, you know, and I served them. So I came out, you know, in my apron and my ass hanging out and, you know, I'm bringing, I'm serving them. And like after each course, you could, you could tell there was getting like, it, they were getting more and more into a heated discussion. Um, and Sonia, you know, had some, it was like her, her beef, I think that night. And so 
I mean, but all in all, they were really wonderful ladies. I have to say they were really kind. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of, you could tell that they were, they were pretending to be kind of like, um, shocked and like maybe a little, like it was distasteful, but at the same time, Ramona ran upstairs and changed into a nighty in the middle of dinner, <laughs> like a silk teddy. Oh, oh Ramona. my God. <laughs> Did any of them Uh, yeah. Sonia, ah, Ramona, of course. I mean, you know, as they're getting more and more liquored up, it's just, they they kind of just you know I don't know if you saw they posted all these like um, these uh, Instagram and um, Snapchat stories afterwards, mm -hmm. which they were not supposed to do. Like that was like oh. against their contract, but they just decided to do it anyways, and they like got so hammered, and they were we didn't stay there for that part, but. Um, you know, they were posting stuff about me, which was really cool. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm actually, you know, being mentioned in, in this episode. And like right yeah. away, they don't have to wait. But they were posting stuff like later in the evening. They were like trashed and like rolling around on a pool table and slurring <laughs> and stuff. It's really Sounds like Jono, like every, every yeah, night. That's like a Saturday night for me. Maybe <laughs> even a Tuesday evening. That's a Monday night. <laughs> Who is your favorite out of all the ladies? Uh, that's hard to say because they all really... I like Sonia a lot, actually. I do like Sonia. You know what's so funny? I, I, I like them all, but I have to say I was most impressed by Luann. Oh, I love Luann. Countess. Now, she was sober. She's sober during that, that period of time. So she was the only lucid one at the table. <clears throat> and um, But very kind and engaging, and she came up to talk and, you know, it was just surprising to me because I thought maybe she might be the most cold of the bunch, but no, she was actually, um, she surprised the most. And, you know, Bethany's, Bethany, she's, you know, scary, but lovable. And um, she actually, you know, she posted some stuff on her Instagram story saying the food was, you know, 10 out of 10. So I, I, I aim to please. Jono, do you have any other questions? Yeah, so I hear you have an OnlyFans. What do you do on that OnlyFans? Do you cook with, like, fully <laughs> naked? No, the OnlyFans <laughs> is not for cooking. You know, okay. I mean, I, honestly, I get, I, you know, I get so much mail on my Instagram about, you know, can you, can you send me nudes? Can you send me nudes? Can you send me, and I'm not a total prude. I mean, obviously, I, I will engage with people that I'm in, in, in you know, I, I'm like, oh, okay, he's hot, sure. We have a but, testimonial um, right here. His name is Dominic. <laughs> I got it for free, so I don't need to subscribe. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. But you know, I don't give it away for free because you know, that's the thing is my brand is you don't get to see the whole horse and carriage. You get to, you know, you get to just kind of, uh, it's that's the illusion. And once you start giving that away for free, people start losing interest, right? Because that's my shtick. It's like, you know, oh, oh you, you know, people are watching because they want to kind of catch a glimpse and see whatever, whatever. I mean, not like- You leave a little mystery to the-, to the Exactly, the exactly. And it's also, you know, I held off from doing OnlyFans because I didn't want it to affect, you know, especially after Housewives, I was kind of like, my audience was growing. I was started getting more and more female followers, which was wow. not surprising, but I was like, I didn't realize that my base was predominantly men. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, a lot of the stuff that I 
post is is kind of shocking for heterosexual women to see, uh-huh. but some are you know some kind of get off on it. But um, well, what what do so, you know, what do you post on there? I mean, obviously there's guidelines and restrictions, so I I still have an account, which is good. Um, but you know, I I post kind of fitness stuff, sexy body shots. Um, you know, I'm a very visual person. I post food photos. I also, I, I launched a separate food only page called Send Foods, um, which is also on Instagram. And I, um, so, you know, I try to mix it up and keep things interesting, but it's funny. I mean, obviously I don't get, you know, I get like a hundred likes on a food post and I get, you know, several thousand or <laughs> like a stupid shot of me in my underwear. But, um, yeah, I can't post anything too salacious on Instagram. So what I decided is I said, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna launch an OnlyFans page and I'm going to post the photos that I edited that I post on Instagram. And that way people, if they really want to see that stuff, I can just sort of say, just go to the link in the, in the bio and you can, you know, yeah. see the photo there. I, I have an OnlyFans too. And uh, the reason I made it, honestly, was because I was getting censored off. Um, did, did you feel as though that was like one of the driving forces into doing that? Were yeah, you getting partly, censored at all? But I felt, yeah, I mean, definitely. But, you know, I think it's trolls reporting you because it's so arbitrary. It's like sometimes you can post something that, you know, all of a sudden they decide that, you know, pubic hair like above your underwear yeah. is, is, is pornographic. But you yeah, can show that happens ass, a lot like, to me. And it's all of a sudden hair is pornographic. So if I was completely smooth, and I had the same pair of underwear on, they wouldn't take the photo, you know, they wouldn't take the photo down. So it's, it's weird. It's like their, yeah. their guidelines are kind of, it seems random, but I honestly think like there are trolls out there that try to, you know, that report me because they, but for whatever reason, I don't know, they just, they don't like me, which is fine. But it's like, they want to, they just want to like interfere and um, fuck with you. And I, that's whatever. So I was like, you know what? I'll just, you know, enough with the responding to the DMs about setting nudes. I'm like, here, just go to my OnlyFans and pay me a little bit of money. And there you go. Well, today, <laughs> uh, Instagram implemented their new um, guidelines today. And in those guidelines, they actually, you, you using the platform, you give consent to them going into your photos onto your device. And no. so... No. Yeah. So you having a photo of yourself naked, maybe it's the same photo that you have, like you're about to post, you just posing with you naked, they can actually use that against you, harbor your account and shadow ban you from being actually seen on your account. It's the new thing that just happened today. And I actually deleted my, uh, my, my Instagram off my phone. I'm going to be getting a new phone in the next few days or hours or whatever. But it's it's gotten to the point like where it's it's this platform that y- you um you get to have and show the world like you and your business and whatnot and then they have become so um controlling with the stupid guidelines you how know how is that even legal first of all i don't even know how that you, you you're well it's 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 implemented today and it, it's it's crazy yeah you know it, it, just on that note like you know, it's sort of social media and it's, you know, Facebook, Instagram specific and Twitter, for, mm-hmm. they've taken these liberties lately of censoring, uh, even YouTube, 
I mean, I got, I got demonetized. My videos got demonetized and put a, a restriction on them. Uh, two years later, three years later, wow. after I posted them, um, which makes absolutely no sense. But um, you know, so there's there's no there's no profitability for profitability for anybody on on YouTube anymore unless you're getting sponsorships. I think Patreon is the way to go. Patreon, Patreon, you know, people people donating. But I have I have an issue with asking people for money, especially it's like if you're you have a brand. Like, there's certain things. Am I am I doing the service? Am I am I reporting the news? Am I you know am I um, you know there's certain things on YouTube that I will that I can see warrants a donation because people are you're doing a service right? Mm -hmm. What am I doing? I'm it's it's entertainment. I don't really feel like yeah. oh pay me for my entertainment like I you know I, I deserve a donation. I don't know. I mean that's just the way that I see it. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say right now I'm a whore and any money that's wiggling in front of me I'm gonna take it because that's like my job as a photographer and my as a as a um, content creator like that's that's my job. So true, you know you're you right, you're absolutely it, right. Come onto this platform, say it. True, no, true, and you know it, I don't know I have something something about the way that I present my content. I I don't want it to feel I don't want to sort of devalue it by. Yeah. Being like, you know yeah. what I mean? Asking people for money, but I totally get it. I mean, what you, what you produce as, as an artist mm -hmm. is yours. You own it. So if people want to, you know, view it or use it or whatever, it, it, it has a price, you know, it definitely, and it costs you a lot to make it. Yeah, so exactly. absolutely, you know, I get it. But yeah, I think we're, we're entering into a point, a place of transition. Like I know that, um, I know that like, they're looking into like, um, like taking away the, the whatever that that law is that it was implemented years ago. That um, like platforms like Twitter and YouTube and Facebook, uh, it saved them from being sued because they were um, they were not publishers; they were just a platform. Yeah. And now that they've been censoring content they are once you start censoring stuff or or sort of like deciding what what should be and what should not be on there mm -hmm. you become a publisher and that takes them out of that protection so i've heard that the powers that be in the government are looking to retract that um well, yeah. which is going to actually be great for us because what it's doing now is it's opening up a whole world of competition so you know, now with Twitter being, you know, super like you know, shadow banning people and censoring, which I don't understand because it's like basically a porn hub. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you have like, you know, political rants going on. But, um, you know, now there's like um, Parler, which is like their competition. So people are now going over to Parler because they're not they're not at a place where they feel like they need to sort of, you know, be the arbiters of what's what should be you know on there and what shouldn't be, so they're not really publishers. Um, and then, like, what else? YouTube now there's Rumble and BitChute. So people are moving onto these new platforms where they can make money and can sort of put the content out that they want and not feel like they're being that up you know told to shut up and sit down. All right. Well, before we take a little commercial break, um, a song break, 
um, do people ask you for like crazy videos where you're like, you know, making your chest jump up and down? <laughs> um, can you do I that? Think, please? Can I do it? Is that what you want me to do? Yeah. I, I, think, I, I haven't done that in a while. I don't think I can. I, oh, hold on. That's sad. I used to be able to do it. Oh my it's gosh. Awesome. I can do it. Uh, da, 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 Tell me, da, da, too, you guys are wearing way too many clothes, by the way. <laughs> so we're gonna take a little nap right now, a little bear nap, if you will. And we'll be right back. <laughs> Alrighty, guys, that was A Love of Your Life by Ray. Adrian, why that song? I don't know. That song has just been on repeat on my Spotify playlist. I I don't know. I guess it, it's a very uplifting, kind of fun song, and there's so much sad, depressing stuff going on right now in the world. And, uh, you know, just a little, little sort of sliver of sunshine that, you know, in your day when you, this comes on and you kind of smile and start grooving to it. It's just, uh, I don't know. I'm just sort of feeling Ray right now. Awesome. Cool. So, hey, uh, I, you know, we're all home during quarantine right now and we're all amateur porn stars, amateur chefs. <laughs> and uh, so do you have any cooking advice or tips for people who are exploring um, with cooking right now and totally. also like fitness, healthy foods that are quick and convenient. Absolutely. Um, and I've been, I've been sort of using these, these tools myself, you know, at, at home in quarantine, because like, you know, I don't want to be going to the grocery store 50 times during the week, you know? So I, right. I'll shop for, um, or order, you know, food for a whole week and be, and make, make like plan out my meals so that I'm not wasting food. I'm super conscious of wasting. Like I hate throwing stuff away. So I'll, I'll sort of recycle things that I've made and turn it into something else, which I highly recommend you kind of like, you know, think, okay, well I'm going to make, um, you know, grilled chicken breasts on Monday night with, um, you know, whatever rice and broccoli. And then like, you'll still have chicken breasts made you may even cook them and not, you know, eating them all and be like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to make chicken fajitas. And, um, so you kind of like, you, you get the proteins unless you're not, a, you know, you can do plant-based proteins, but you, you base it around your proteins and you sort of like think about how that protein can evolve throughout the next couple of days. And like how you, you know, cause I hate eating the same thing like twice. Mm -hmm. Um, I get bored really easily. So I, I just, you know, especially being in quarantine, it's like, you know, you, what else is there to do? 
I've watched like everything on Netflix. I want to cook, you know, and it, it keeps me entertained. I've been baking and it's, um, <clears throat> it's just, uh, it's a great way to <clears throat> actually do, it's something great to do with other people. You know, your boyfriend, your family, if you live with them, um, friends that you have come over that are, you know, obviously, you know, are safe. <clears throat> I don't have a boyfriend, do you? <laughs> I am single as all hell. Oh, okay. <laughs> But you live in LA. I know. I'm just kidding. I don't really want to do it today right <laughs> well, now. Well, where are you at right now? I live in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. I moved down here. Oh, okay. uh, about three do you years move? Ago. How long have you been there? Three years. Oh, three years. Yeah, I was in LA for a little wow. over a year, and then I moved to Madrid, then I moved back to New York, and then I moved down here. Did you live in E Town? No, never. Oh, you just worked? Just, Did you just, just work visited. there? Yeah, I worked there. I did oh, you visited? Things. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah. Do you like P-Town? No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Not Have really. you ever been? No. Wait, it's, well, maybe once. Maybe once as a kid or something, but not as an adult. I like it because it's just, it's very relaxed. It's not Fire Island. It's not um, pretentious. It's like, you know, there's a time and a place for that where you want to be, you know, get all dressed up and put on your, you know, silk Hawaiian shirt and, walked on the boardwalk but you know p-town is about like tank top and shorts and nobody gives a fuck and you just you know go that's kind of like la though right or hopping uh silver lake maybe but even silver lake's kind of turning into a little bit of a, a scene isn't it i don't know it's been a few uh, years since i've lived like there. super hipster <clears throat> super hipster exactly so you know with hipster comes a little bit of judgment and attitude right yeah there's no judgment attitude in P-Town. It's just like you're free to be whoever you are. I don't know. There's, it's just, it's not, and it's, it's, um, it's kind of like gay, I want to say gay camp, but it's, there's actually, there's stuff to do. And there, you, know, go, you can go to the beach if you want. You can go sailing. You can go shopping. You can, you know, there's great stores and stuff. So there's, there's just a variety of, of activities to do. And there's great acts. Like at night, you've got drag shows. You've got, um, you know, famous celebrities that come and do comedy routines and stuff. So, but anyhow, how, how do we get on that? Oh, we were doing food, uh, quarantine. Jono, have you been cooking? Uh, oh I my God. Like, my life because everything. I mean, I, I cook for clients and then I'm cooking for myself. Like I don't really, I, I don't eat out anymore. The only thing I'll order is pizza. And I even make a lot of pizza of my own at home. But, um, there's this one. I just got a pizza, pizza stone. My brother, I just talked my brother to get for um, this next week, we're gonna we're gonna put a few. Yeah, they're great. Those are great. Jono, do you cook for your boyfriend? Yeah, I've been cooking like every day since quarantine, and it's like, I'm like, do I know how to do this? Let me follow the instructions. It's like, and I'm like, I'm sorry if it's horrible. And he goes like, he goes, it's good. And I'm like, okay, thank God. <laughs> are you following recipes, or are you just sort of cooking like from what you know and what how you grew up watching family cook? I think I'm just watching like what my mom does and like like when I was little like I, and when I was little I was not allowed to touch anything in the cut. I was allowed to look that like help like measure stuff out but I was never allowed to like actually be involved with it so like seeing what she was doing I was able to like kind of remember some stuff but then kind of like going off on my own like okay like this is gonna taste good if I add some garlic and and See, yeah but I think you subconsciously you learn those things even yeah. if you're not even actually participating you yeah. see what's going on. You see what ingredients that, you know, your mom is chopping and stuff. So yeah. 
and then you taste the food. So you kind of, you, you, your brain makes those associations about like, oh, okay, that tastes like garlic, garlic tastes like this. So yeah, you, you go on instinct, which is great. And I'm sure you're a much better cook than you think you are. Yeah. Um, but some people don't even know the first thing about, you know, boiling water. And that to me is, it's like, how does that even happen? Yeah. Like, did you grow up in, in like a, you know, in like the front of the house of a Denny's? I don't understand. Did you never see someone crack an egg over a pan? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or there was just, there's just no interest. I mean, ever. It's just, doesn't, it's not on people's radar. So I, what I realized through this whole experience is that, you know, a lot of, there are a lot of people out there that don't cook, a lot of gay people that don't cook. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, you know, through this, me kind of like being, uh, a representative, I guess, of, of the cooking community in the LGTB world, you know, the amount of people that, that write to me and say, I have, you know, I have no idea how to cook, but you know, you've inspired me to cook mm-hmm. because I love your videos. And that to me is like the best reward because food is one of the best pleasures I think we have on this planet. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's so much variety and so many different kinds of foods. Um, that we can, you know, play around with and taste and stuff. So I think <clears throat> it's, um, hi puppy. <clears throat> so I think, you know, hearing that and inspiring people to cook is, is like one of my greatest achievements, I think. <clears throat> um, are you outside because your boyfriend's inside? <laughs> no. You I don't have one right now. <laughs> Come on. Well, I mean, I've had, you know, not right now, but a week ago I did. (laughs) (laughs) Told you. John is very monogamous. I'm not. Um, We talked about that in another episode. I go back and forth that whole monogamy thing. It's such a, it's such a weird, weird concept. I mean, not weird. It's just like, it's, it's embedded in us to be monogamous, but then we we fight it Mm -hmm. a lot of the times. I mean, I was raised Catholic, so it's like, you know, it's far ingrained far deeper in me, I think, than maybe What's your like nationality? It. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell. Italian. Sorry. What's your nationality? Italian. Italian Canadian. Oh, you're Italian. Like, like my, my mom, she's like very, um, like she cooked like nothing but Italian food like growing up and everything. So that's, like, I guess, like were things that I know how to make. And uh-huh. David likes Italian food, but he hates olives. And I love olives. And so it's like so me, nice. me like trying to cook with like stuff like that. I'm like, want to saute olives well you do half without and half with and you were like enjoy your bland food i'm eating my delicious olives seriously <laughs> no um, but um, i i because like i can go and be like a total like slut on the street and just like just do whatever i want to do and whatever but like when i'm in a relationship with someone it's like i'm i'm theirs you know what i mean like it's like i'm but John, you know what john i told you this before i feel like Cheating is more exciting than just a regular one night stand with being single. You know what I'm saying? Because there's more at risk. You feel more alive yeah. when you're cheating on somebody. Yeah, I do. I love that. Don't you love it? Um, I mean, when you don't get caught, but no, you know, I. I, I it gets, you guys are setting a bad example to the children out there. No, what I want to say is, you know, look, when I was in my 20s, you know, my very first boyfriend ever, I was completely monogamous to. And, you know, he, he was a sex addict and he 
cheated on me left, right, and center, which I had no idea what was going on because I was completely oblivious and in love with him. But then I was like, oh, okay. And then, you know, I, there's something about that experience that as you carry it into every relationship afterwards where you're like, I don't want to get hurt, so you cheat first, or you, you're more aware of, it, uh, of somebody who is cheating on you, so you become super jealous and protective and all this stuff. It fucks with you. And then, you know, um, and then I've, I've been in, you know, uh, again, like later on in a totally monogamous relationship um, where the guy I was with was completely psycho and jealous and um, was accusing me of cheating on him left, right, and center. And I, would, I would never did a thing in it. And I was like, I, even, I think I don't. I don't think I've been cheated on that I know of. Maybe I have, but I feel like if I was, I would. That would excite me. I feel like I don't know. Well, then what you're describing is basically um, an open relationship, but under the guise yeah, of maybe. monogamous. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and there, if you get off on the fact that you're sort of doing something taboo, um, without consequence, obviously you don't want to hurt somebody else, but you're sort of no, I don't, no. just for your own. You get your rocks off. Yeah, I see that. I think that's a, a big incentive. For like maybe we can call it open on um, like between us, but then like pretend we're cheating or something. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I mean, you know what I know, but you know what I've come to realize is that monogamy is a tough, tough expectation to put on a relationship. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that when you're getting to know somebody, like you should so give them your hundred percent and like get to know them, get to know their body in and out, inside and out. And then, you know, eventually, you know, after, you know, we're men. So, you know, year, two years, you open it up. But I mean, I want to know, you know, every square millimeter of your body and like what you like and what you don't like before you start giving it away to, you know, that queen at the gym that I'm going to rip her wig off next time I see her. Have, do, do you remember, did you see Sex in the City? The uh -huh. movie? Oh, yeah. Remember when she was putting sushi on Valentine's Day? All oh, yeah. Her body? yeah. Have you ever done anything like that before? Um, no, I haven't actually. I, I was trying to think of something. I don't know if that's what people expect when they hire me to cater. Like if they think that I'm going to put like, spaghetti over my pits <laughs> or something but um i no and, yeah i mean <laughs> uh, i have a question i have a question has anybody ever found a hair in their food oh god <laughs> i um I, I actually catered believe it or not um when when quarantine was sort of the lockdowns were were like cities were opening back up and everything and this girl contacted me and said, you know, my best friend's throwing a, um, we're throwing our bachelor party in rural Pennsylvania. Will you come cater it? And I was like, yeah. So I did. And I was like, I, um, <laughs> I found a hair, you know, in one of the, in one of, on one of the plates that I, when I cleared the second course and I was like, and I was like, Ooh, and I'm like, but wait a minute. Like they kind of know that there's going to be some chance of that happening when yeah. I, completely naked you know i grew up in restaurants and hair salons so the thought of eating hair to me is not gross me out yeah um even if but it's the health department i mean they can't like well, it, i mean well, when it's, it's like, like you know like, but when it's like one of those thick curly ones that gets kind of like a little like, like, what are these? like a pubic hair <laughs> oh well, my gosh is, i mean look anita hill found one on her coat 
<laughs> I don't know if you remember that story back in the 80s. Um, you're probably too too young, too young to uh, know that. Like, do you know the, the Justice Clarence Thomas? He was uh, on trial because some one of his staffers accused him of sexual harassment by putting one of his pubic hairs on her coke can. Oh do, you, do you remember that story? It was a big, no. big deal. In like, I think it was like the early 90s. You guys were probably still in diapers. But um, anyhow, yeah, you know what? I mean, health code thing, no, because I'm not a restaurant, so I'm not um, – I mean, I have, I have a certificate for, uh, that you have to have when you're it's called a food handler's license. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't have inspectors coming, you know, and people know what they're getting themselves into. I try to be – obviously, usually when I'm cooking, I'll wear a covered – apron that kind of covers my, some of my chest, but you know, um, you know what? I'm the bear. Territory. You know, like it's, it's part of it. You know, like it's going to probably happen. Most I'm sure some are honored to have digested your hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's some like Jeffrey Dahmer shit. Right there. <laughs> 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 oh. So what do you guys have? To, what are you guys up to the rest of your weekend? Or what are you doing for? Um, are you both working from home? Are you like quarantining? Is it completely shut down there? Um, I mean, yeah. I'm like, I'm like pretty much like not like I am working like a little bit here and there. So like I get like a couple like people sending me like hey like uh, edit my photos and I'll give you like you know your day rate whatever for it is for editing. So I'm like sure I'll I'll, I'll do it. And so, like, there's that, and then, like, occasionally, um, I'll have, like, a, a few, like, honestly, the only people that are hiring me right now are, like, companies that want, like, me to do, like, their, like, my, my people that I've worked with before that mm -hmm. want me to just photograph their, um, their products and stuff like that. That's, like, all I'm doing right now. But we just got hired to do a book cover. He shot it. Yeah, that's right. And I was on the cover of it. Where is it? Cool. So... That was Did something. you shoot all his, all your, your other book? There it is. Yeah. I also, I, I did do his, um, it's our book. It's you did. Our book. It's, it's oh, wow. Beautiful. Wait, did you put that on a shelf? Yeah. It's a, like, I have like this like area, you can't really see it, but it's like all like, it's like, um, it's like my inventory slash like, like, Ooh, look at my shit that I have here. It's like, yeah that's awesome you guys so what, what um and what about you dominic are you um i mean socially do you just hang out at home do you go over to friends houses do you are your gyms open there no i work out on the balcony here um got some weights here um i've auditioned for a couple of independent films here um but it's all over zoom the auditions and stuff mm -hmm. I've worked on this podcast. I've had some gigs. Um, so I'm just kind of laying low for now. But socially, I mean, Nothing. I don't really have a crazy social life. Like, did you before? COVID no, or? never, never, never. Yeah, me neither. But, I mean, it's still like... I'm like a homebody. Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay. Yeah. But it's still nice to still have people pop by every once in a while because you can become mm -hmm. too isolated and insular and then you start to like realize like oh my god i haven't seen somebody in it's almost a month <laughs> since i've actually we interacted we did somebody. an episode on um relationships and i said i'll never be in a relationship i don't want to be in a relationship and then i called jono up a few weeks ago and i said 
I'm in a relationship. We got to get rid of the episode. And he's like, no, no, no. And then he goes, in six months, we'll do a new episode and you guys will talk about how you've evolved. And then last week I called him up and said, no, keep the episode. It's over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. Jono, you've got your, your boyfriend. Is he a live-in? Uh, yes. We just got this house and we're doing like our... Like, I'm the wife, he's the husband, kind of thing. <laughs> but you make the money. <laughs> um, I haven't lately, but, you know, I'm... Honestly, like, he's been impressed. Like, one day, like, I'll have, like, a like a gig, and it's like, he goes, how much did you bring home? And it's like, it's like yeah, two hours of work. Bow down, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because it, when it rains, it pulls. Like, yeah. yeah. That wraps us up for tonight. That was fun. Thank you guys. for coming on. Yeah. Are you, can I see you without your glasses? Me? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh my God. No, I. What's your Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for our listeners? So my Facebook is Adrian D. Berardini's, or just search the Bare Naked Chef, and there's a hyphen between bare and naked. It's B E A R dash N A K E D. My Instagram is at the Bare Naked Chef. And my Twitter, it's uh, the only B-E-A-R-N-K-D chef. Because I had this, okay. somebody steal my handle and, and, and uh, was imposing as me and, tr- and charging people for nude pictures, which I don't know where he got. But what? Yeah. So all oh, hey, I were- found nude pictures of you because what they do <laughs> is they take them from OnlyFans. It's happened to me. And they put them on blogs and forums but this and was even before my, i launched my OnlyFans, like for years oh really yeah and this some asshole or douchebag was making uh, a shitload of money off of i don't know wow. he must have been posting pictures that were of somebody else or whatnot but mm-hmm. uh, i kept getting dms from people saying like hey are you uh asking for money in exchange for pictures on you know, there's a guy asking for credit card information on Twitter, <gasps> right? like, oh that's, God. that's damaging. And so I, you know, he'd be reported and they'd take it down. And it was like, I think his handle was like bare naked chef one or something. And he's up to like number five now. Cause I don't know why they keep letting him reopen an account. He must have like number seven different phones, but wow. um, yeah. So anyhow, um, that's, so yeah, my, bar- my Twitter is the only B E A R N K D. C-H-E-F. And where can they watch old shows, new shows, current stuff? Uh, all of my shows are on my YouTube channel, which is still up. Um, I haven't okay. really posted anything. There's some links to some other appearances, like I was on The View last year. Um, I did a couple of other uh, podcasts and, and radio shows, mm-hmm. um, which are on there. And then, of course, my cooking episodes. We've got uh, my first series my travel edition and then i did a collaboration with scruff it was called quickies and it was like quick recipes you can make for your trip before they come over <clears throat> which was fun oh and i have guests on there like with i'm like uh carson cressley is one of my guests from queer eye so they're fun but anyhow that's where you can go it's uh youtube and it's backslash the bare naked chat all right well we'll let you get on with your day thank you for coming all on right. Thanks for having me, guys. That was fun. So much for yeah. We really do appreciate your time and sharing all your wonderful stories behind the very naked chef. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That was a um, was a great time. Enjoy the rest of your day. You um, too. Stay in touch. 
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. See All right. you. Have a good one. Bye. 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 Thanks. This has been Jabber Podcast, produced by Dominic Albano and executive produced by John O'Madison. Do you have a question or topic you want to share? Email us at jabbrpod at gmail.com. Or send us a DM on Instagram at jabberpod. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. Stories and mentions are not meant to hurt anyone and their subtitle parties.